So as folks finish praying, I want to start with a word of encouragement to us. I'd like to share with you today a life shaped by God. And as I've looked back, you know, uh, and in some ways this weekend is the official end to the summer. And I think that having come to the official end of summer, I realized that I did not plan or execute a summer vacation. Now, don't feel too sorry for me. I mean, we, I got to go to, to Santiago in April and Susan got to go to Rwanda. So in some ways, you know, the places we get to go at, that are not summer are like, I mean, who, goodness gracious, what a, what a great opportunity. And then there's some fall things I know that are coming our way. But I do want you to know that I have, I have traveled vicariously with most of you. Those of you that post your pictures on Facebook, I go with you. And I kind of like, you know, I'm kind of there. I'm kind of, you know, in touch the water and the scenery and the, the cooler weather and the beauty. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. So uh, I'm so I'm really glad you do that because it helps me kind of step out of my routine, even when I'm not on a summer vacation. So it reminded me that within the life of our church, there there are new seasons, and we've come uh, to the end of a season. We've ended a journey. Now we're going to start a new journey. So we've completed journeying through Mark, and so then you, you know, it's just like, okay, well, what are we going to plan for now? What's next? So I wanted you to know that I just, you know, oh, I, for about the past two months, I've just really been, what do we do next? You know, what's the next journey? Wait, you know, it's vacation plan. What's, what's, where are we going to go? And uh, I was just kind of wandering around, and I, I discovered this phrase in the middle of Colossians. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. And it just hit me. Wow. I think most of us are familiar with a life shaped by things and feelings. And we'll, we'll talk more about that as we move along. But what about just a life shaped by God? A life shaped by God. And I, and I wondered as I read that and I just started kind of looking through Colossians. I wonder, well, maybe that's a thread that that kind of comes out. It comes out in the message with that phrase, a life shaped by God. But I wonder if that's a thread that travels through this short letter that Paul wrote. So that's, that's the adventure I'd like to encourage us to go on, that we would follow that thread, a life shaped by God, and travel through Colossians. If you're not reading somewhere in the Bible, this is an invitation for you. Just start reading and meditating on Colossians. And we'll start at the beginning. We'll go to the end and and that what we're going to look for is what does it look like? What does a life look like that's shaped by God? So this morning, Colossians 1, 3 through 5. Our prayers for you are always spilling over into thanksgivings. We can't quit thanking God our Father and Jesus our Messiah for you. We keep getting reports on your steady faith in Christ, our Jesus, and the love you continuously extend to all Christians and the lines of purpose in your lives that never grow slack, tightly tied as they are to your future in heaven, kept taut by hope. So there's three phrases in there that really jumped out at me. The first is, Steady faith 
in Christ Jesus. So it just makes me start, I just pause and start asking myself questions. And so I'm not here to bring you answers. I'm just here to bring questions to us as a community. You know, what, what is the condition of our faith in Christ Jesus? When was the first time we said to Jesus, yes, Jesus, I trust you. And then from that, from that moment, has that, that trust in Jesus increased or decreased? And I'm sure it's ebbed and flowed. But again, just think of your history of trusting Jesus. And when do you find it easiest to express confidence in Jesus? And when is it most difficult? How steady is our faith in Jesus? That question made me think of Emmy, uh, I guess the youngest of our grandchildren. Is that, am I, it's hard to keep track of nine little souls. But over the past month, we've watched her uh, from crawling to walking. And those of, yeah, I mean, all of us know just the joy of watching a child just moving towards walking. And obviously, the first few steps are not very steady. You know, they're pretty unsteady. And it's always, I think it's really comical that, that you know, that diaper bottom that they can crash on that. And, you know, they're okay. You know, just kind of plop. And, uh, but we watched her pretty quickly go from being very unsteady walking to be pretty steady as she follows her siblings around the house. So the youngest duckling is really moving. And I really think that is a, that's just a great analogy for all of us. When we first trust Jesus, we are like Emmy learning how to walk. We are not very steady in our trust, our confidence, our faith in Jesus But as we grow in our faith, we become more and more steady. So this is an opportunity for us. A life that's shaped by God is a life that's shaped by faith. So this is a great opportunity for all of us to stop and say, Okay, I know know my relationship with Jesus started with trust, but where am I in that trust today? And how steady. And what I, really, what I really like about what Paul is saying about this group is he looked at a group of people and said, Hey, you're pretty young. They're not, they're not really old in Christ, but you're, you're, you're steady in your trust of Jesus. The second is a continuous extension of love to all Christians. Now, my first thought was, all Christians? I would say, really very honestly, and I hope you would be honest with me, I would have a really tough time loving all Christians today. Just pure and simple. Uh, Now, I know, I mean, I know in general, I am to love everybody. I get that. So I I can extend that. In general, I can love all, but I don't think that's what, Paul is talking about. I think he's really talking about like really continuously extending love to fellow believers. 
So I was really glad just to be able to pass on to you all Christians. Let's we got to be literal sometimes. So literally, it means all saints. So who's a saint? It's really a special kind of believer. It's a believer that is following Jesus and they are dedicated. They are consecrated to him and to his purposes. That's really, I think, who he's, he's underscoring. I, it's not that we're not to love all Christians, but the focus to continuously extend. It's going to connect with the last one. You know, sadly, not all of us are wholly dedicated to Jesus. Not all of us are wholly dedicated to the the mission of Jesus. Some of us have just the name of Jesus on our T-shirt. And and again, yes, am am I to love that person? Sure. But is that purpose that Jesus invited them into relationship being accomplished in their life. Is the name of Jesus lifted up by people that are lukewarm in their faith and their following of Jesus? Or does that just complicate the whole thing? From my perspective, it's the people that are dead, like they're genuinely dedicated to Jesus They're dedicated to knowing Him, to loving Him, to following Him, to accomplishing His purposes with all that they have. They've really consecrated themselves to do what God's asked them to do. Those are the people that keep the message of Jesus alive. Those are the ones that are pressing on with the message that needs to get to this world. And I think that's the focus. That's where the love Needs to go. And if you just think about it, pretty much at this time in church history, everybody was pretty much there. You didn't have a lot of lukewarm. You get that in Revelation when you start getting over there. But that's towards the end of the first century. The first century, you know, this is pretty new. People are pretty much on fire, excited, committed to Jesus. We've wandered somewhat away from that. So what I would like to say is, can we learn how to recognize? How do we recognize those that have really consecrated their life? How can we recognize a congregation, a community of people to say, we are dedicated to Jesus? We're not not interested in just playing the church thing. We are dedicated to the purposes of Jesus And we are sold out. We're going to give it our all in in accomplishing what Jesus is inviting us to do. And how we then love those that are doing that. Now, I think about the time we were in Santiago. So Susan and I went to Santiago and we went because uh, the vineyard was recognizing the vineyard in Chile had reached a place of being self-sustaining, self-governing self-propagating, so they are now being launched as their own uh, vineyard. Like the Vineyard Chile is on equal par with the Vineyard USA. And so we, all of that was kind of built toward this Saturday night service. And uh, 
there was a commissioning, there was a consecration, there was a dedication of the national leader and the national leaders and the pastors. So, so we, were, we were watching this whole movement after 30 years of, of moving forward, being dedicated, you know, introducing people to Jesus, planting churches. And here we, we've come to this moment of them being recognized. God has done something here. We're going to dedicate you to God. We're going to consecrate you to God. We're going to bless you for what God has done after these 30 years. And the moment the amen of that prayer happened and we entered into worship, I've, I've already told you, but I'm going to tell you again, I have never been in that place before ever in worship. That room exploded with adoration and praise of God in this way that was like, oh my goodness. I, 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 don't, think, I don't think worship in heaven is going to be much better than this. I mean, it was like really like over the top. I would use that as an example of what I'm trying to say. This was a movement of people who had sold out to Jesus. We exist to live in relationship with Jesus, to introduce our friends and our family to Jesus. We're, we, we want to make disciples for Jesus. We want to plant churches for Jesus. And wham, God met them and we got to be a witness to that. That's really what I'm talking about. I think that's the person Paul is saying. That's who you want to continuously extend love to because they're the ones on the front edge. They're the ones that are, that are moving forward the message of the kingdom into this crazy world. So how are we continuously extending love to the saints, the people on the front edge, the people that are really leading the cause of Christ in our world today? Then the last, lines of purpose tied tightly to our future, held taut by hope. Have you ever thought about Jesus is the one that crossed the boundary between heaven and earth? And then he did it again. I mean, he came and he went. Then he promised he's going to be good again. So one of my friends posted on Facebook about um, the Celtic belief in thin places, thin spaces. So Jesus... Was he did that? He crossed through that. That there's a very, very thin place between heaven, really the heavenlies is really the better term, and earth. And Jesus crossed through that, and Jesus returned, and then Jesus is going to come back. So, what I'd like to just say is that Jesus is our hope that's laid up in heaven. And Paul is trying to communicate to us that the hope, and the expectation and the prospects that we have because of the one we follow, Jesus, and the life that he showed us and the promises that he made to us, that all of that is certain because Jesus right now is in the abode of God. Jesus is right at the right hand of God. All authority in the heavenlies and earth has been given to him. And our hope is tied to Him. Our purpose is tied to Him. And so for those of us whose hope is in Jesus, He's presently with God, He's with our Father, 
And his promise is to return. And when he returns, he's going to bring a new heaven and a new earth. And everything that we have known and all the struggles that we have faced and the frustrations that we have faced, all of that is going to disappear. And life is going to be lived at the place it's meant to be lived forever and ever and ever. So again, I'm back to having this idea, oh, there's got to be something more in life. There is. But that having more in life is connected to Jesus. He's the one that promises that. He's the one that makes that happen. He's the one that's improving our lives now. And he won't stop. And he's going to change it all for the better. And that's not a false hope. Because it's him. And we're connected to him. And that line is it's taut. I love that, that, that line is tight. I'm holding on to this, not a slack line, but a tight line to Jesus. So as I look at those things and I think about, okay, what does that mean for us? What does it mean to be a, be a person whose life is shaped by God? Well, I think we can start with just by saying that our life shaped by God is formed by faith and love and hope. We've heard that before. There's three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. And our lives right now, our life is being shaped by three things that remain. Three things that are permanent. Three things that are not going to go away. Faith, hope, and love. So when I see that, then I say, okay, Holy Spirit... How do you activate that in our lives? So would you like to stand with me? Let's invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you that as you inspired Paul to write, these words come to us. Our lives are shaped by you through faith and hope and love. So Holy Spirit, what I would ask is that you would increase our confidence in our King, Jesus. I'd ask you to show us where our faith is failing. I'd ask you to expose where we place our trust when our trust is not in Jesus. Holy Spirit, show us the condition of our faith in Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us to recognize the saints we know and to extend love to them continuously. Lord, we want to be those saints. We want to be those that are dedicated to Jesus. And Lord, we ask that we would continue to receive your love, knowing that we can't love without your love first. Fill us with your love. And then, Lord, help us to hold hold tight to the purpose of Jesus. 
in announcing and demonstrating the kingdom of God before it arrives in its fullness. Lord, you recognize the ebb and the flow, the forward and the backward, the three steps forward, the two steps back. You, you understand the tension that we live in, having a vision for something better, but then looking full face into something that's not so good. Lord, you understand us being caught between the ages. And so, Lord, help us this day to hold on tightly to the hope that we have in Jesus, that this world is changing that this world is changing for the better, that, O Lord, you will redeem this world, that, Lord, you will bring something better into the lives of the people all around us. And let us be part of that process, Lord. Lord, sometimes it just seems so silly to think that there'd be a time where there'd be no more war. But, Lord, you promised that. Lord, it seems silly sometimes to think that our weapons are going to be beaten into plowshares, but, oh, Lord, you promised that. Lord, sometimes it seems that peace is so elusive that there's never going to be peace, but, Lord, you say there will be peace. Lord, as immorality rises, then there's this promise of righteousness. Lord, it just says, oh, that's what? But, Lord, you promised there will be a righteous day. And, Lord, as we go through life and hold on to those things, sometimes we just we lose faith. We become hopeless. But Lord, remind us that you're in heaven. You're at the right hand of the Father. And we are holding on to your purpose and to hope in you. So Lord, let us be a community of people like these in Colossae. Where people pray for us and those prayers spill over to thanksgiving. That people can't quit thanking God because they see a faith that is steady. They see a love for the consecrated, the holy, the dedicated. They see a hope the purposes of God being accomplished. Shape our lives, Lord. In your name, amen. So this week, as we've been doing, uh, we're going to continue to send out uh, an email on Tuesdays or Monday or Tuesday, whichever, the, whatever the computer decides what it wants to do. And I just want to encourage you, uh, what we say on Sunday uh, is one thing. What all of us do with what is said on Sunday is another thing. So if we could all kind of follow through in the ways, you know, that maybe the email can help. Don't stay there, but use that. This is an opportunity for all of us to deepen the roots of our faith. So may God bless us as we go down that path. Thank you for our time together.